Hey, I'm Cameron, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you are here and would love to get connect with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some of our upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So like we kind of talked about, um, the Lord's Prayer is our conversation over the next two weeks. So if you've been with us kind of since the beginning of the series, when we started in October, uh, we've been just kind of like working our way through. We talked the last two weeks about the way you should pray, or moreover, the way you shouldn't pray. Uh, and last week, again, my friend Lee was here and did a phenomenal job. Like just even listening to it when he's like, dude, sometimes Jesus just prayed with like two word statements. Uh, we get so caught up and we get so mixed around with what prayer is. Sometimes like we overcomplicate it and then we're just like in a rut. We don't feel like we're doing it right. We don't feel God's listening to us. And I, I, I've been uh, blessed and I've been wrecked over the last like four weeks just looking at Jesus here. So for us, uh, we're going to be looking at a very, very popular set of scriptures. So for, for many of you, I could hear you recite it. I don't know, we're not going to do like a grading thing at the end of this. How many of you needed the words up on the screen? How many of you just knew the Lord's Prayer and even talking to different people? Some people are like, well, I learned it in catechism or I learned it at Lutheran school. I heard somebody learned it in a rap song. We'll talk to that person later. Uh, but I've heard very, very different ways that people have learned the Lord's Prayer. And for me, I think it's very ironic that kind of right before Jesus goes into pray after this or pray after me, and I'm going to teach you, uh, the Lord's Prayer can become one of the most aimless and babble-filled prayers in our lives. So we all can say, hey, we're familiar with it. If you got brought up in the church, if by chance you weren't brought up in the church like me, I had to learn this later in my life. But one of the saddest things is like when Jesus is teaching us to pray, yeah, we can turn around and recite the Lord's Prayer, but like, is our heart just aimlessly saying those words? Are we just spouting those words and we don't actually say anything? Kathy and I had a conversation, like, how many people uh, really understand what hymns and the lyrics behind hymns are? And that's not a shot at hymns, but anyway, I was like, how many people know what the lyrics of normal, contemporary worship is? Sometimes, in life, we don't necessarily hook our hearts to the words that we're saying. We don't study them, and there's also that like, connotation, like, how dare you ever ask somebody what it means, because somebody might look at you and not think that you have it all together. Like, I don't really understand the Lord's Prayer, so I'm not going to ask a question about the Lord's Prayer, I'm just going to sit there in silence. I'm just going to keep saying the words over again. But then it becomes babble. So my hope over the next couple weeks is to break down the Lord's Prayer. And I've been praying over this because, I, again, I've been praying for myself. Uh, I pray that God gets a hold of your heart. I pray that God changes the way that you pray. Why? Because I, I'd like to see in you, for you to be able to create a robust personal prayer discipline in your life. And for me, like I said, like, I, I've been wrecked. Like, as much as I've been so encouraged over the last couple weeks, we've been reading about prayer, and I've been doing it, and the best way to get better at prayer is to do it, and then I've been reading the scriptures, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so far from you. 
Lord, I, I, I so need you to give me a heart where I, I can know you better and I can grow in you. But this week, we're, we're going to be focused on the first part of the Lord's Prayer. So this is kind of that, like, this is part one. Generally, you want the sequel. So again, come back next week if you're looking to kind of that. But we're going to be kind of looking at the adoration aspects of prayer. But before we kind of jump into uh, the beginning part, I want to make sure that we all know where we're going to land. So our landing point with all of Scripture, anytime you read the Bible, it's to know God better. It's not from some moralistic point. It's not for a political point. It's not to like add some like biblical knowledge that you can come into Bible study and you can throw a trump card down and you can make everybody think that you're smart. That's not the point of Scripture. The point of Scripture is for us to be able to read something that God has given us, God has blessed us, God has kept it pure, God has kept it truthful, for us to know him better. That is all of Scripture. And this seems silly to state. Seems like something we should, we should already be known. But one of the worst things that I see that can happen is people who take Scripture and it gets twisted. It gets mutilated. And it gets used instead of like as the, as the word of God that is meant to like build us up and reprove us and push us closer to God. It gets used as a machete to hurt people. And I hate that. Like generally, I, I hate that. But where we're going to go with the next couple of weeks while we're looking at prayer, our landing zone is to better understand God. Because what I've kind of come up with is two things. One, prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God. So how you pray shows a lot about what you believe in God. Because there's a lot of times if you think about how we pray, we're going to kind of break down the hallowed be thy name and our father. The things that you don't say kind of can reveal some things that maybe you're not necessarily going into that direction with God. But also, how you talk to somebody reflects on what you believe about them. So have you ever been in a spot where you're talking down to somebody? Think about this. You talk down to your kids. You talk down to that subordinate at work. You might see somebody who's like, again, socioeconomically challenged. And again, they ask for money and you say something snippy to them. But how you talk about somebody determines what you believe about them. But if you talk down to somebody, maybe you believe that you're better than them. You're more successful than them. Maybe if you, you talk superficially to somebody, and you're always trying to brag about what you've done, and anybody starts telling you a story about something, and it always comes back to you. Oh, yeah, me too. Like I, I get in conversations with people, and I have to like pull back the fact that like, I, I, I don't want to add depth to that relationship. I don't want to be open. I don't want to be vulnerable. Everything's very surface level. Think about you when somebody asks you, how are you doing today? Good. Now, this is also not the time to turn around and dump everything that's been going on for the entire week. There are limits to this and when you do it, but in the same right, how are you doing? Good, great, phenomenal. The Lord is good. I'm breathing. I do all of these. But how you talk to somebody reflects on what you believe about them. Sometimes you're superficial because... You don't know the person. Sometimes you're superficial because you don't trust the person. But this also goes, if you talk to somebody cautiously, what does that show? Maybe that shows the lack there of trust. Maybe that shows you're guarded. And while I was thinking about prayer, again, prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God and how you talk to somebody reflects on what you believe about them. I, I kind of landed on those two as like that catapult. 
Because for me, I have no idea what you believe about God. Unless we did a whole line and everybody came up and we had like little counseling time every moment. Tell me about Jesus. You got 30 seconds because I got to get to the next person. Like I have no idea where your heart is. But the beautiful thing about, again, being as a pastor is I don't have to. My God is to just deliver the word of God and I let God handle the rest. But where you're at, where you're sitting right now, does prayer show a lot about what you believe in God? How you pray, when you pray, how often you pray, does it show where your relationship with God is at? And now for me, this one hit me like a ton of bricks. So I'm like, ooh, I got some things I got to work on. But in the same way, how you talk to somebody reflects what you believe about them. And if our end game is to know God better, that is our hope for the next two weeks. That is the conclusion of all of this. So kind of let's jump in. If you've got a Bible, we're going back to ESV, sorry. Uh, we're going to go back to ESV. If you've got a Bible, awesome. If you don't have a Bible, just free commercial, please come and talk to me before you leave. We have some Bibles back at guest services. We'd love to be able to get you one. We actually got a young lady a Bible last week, and I was like, this is something we really should tell the church more often. But if you need a Bible, let us know. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the verses are going to kind of get up or be up on the screen. But I, I got five words, and I got to stop. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says, pray then like this. Pause. I don't even want to get to the rest of this. This is Jesus talking, but notice this is not a repeat after me. We have to be able to see this. So is the Lord's prayer to recite it scripture for scripture, word for word important? Yes. It's something that we should do. But is that the only time that we've ever seen prayer happen in the Bible? No. When when Jesus goes to the Gethsemane, he doesn't recite the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus casts out demons, he doesn't recite the Lord's Prayer. We can go through the rest of the Bible. We can see David. We can see Elijah. We can see the prophets of old reciting prayer. And the wording is different. But we have to understand when Jesus says, pray then like this, he's not saying pray this. This is not an incantation. And sometimes people think prayer is an incantation. It's not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. It's not hocus pocus. It doesn't work like that. God's not sitting in heaven and be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you used the wrong word. I'm not listening anymore. That's not the way God operates. God is graceful. God is loving. And if we believe that our vocabulary can scratch the surface of knowing God, we really think that we're really, like, vocabulistic. It's not the way Jesus is teaching here. This is, this is heart posture here. What Jesus has already done, he's already talked about the wrong ways to pray. And we talked about it kind of like seeking self-recognition and empty words. But when Jesus says, pray then like this, this is a model of prayer. This is a heart posture of prayer. So when you pray, we're going to jump into all these over the next couple weeks. Is this where your heart's at? Or are you so focused on saying us and oohs and I'm not talking to God that it's, it's not real? I think so often for me, what, I, what I've had conversations with people like, when it talks to, are you praying correctly? I don't know what to say. And for me, Jesus has given us guardrails over the next couple of weeks for proper prayer. Now, kind of one of those free commercials, it's beautiful that, and lovely that Jesus is saying, pray like this. Because he's inviting people in to pray. 
Think about this. This is the Son of God. This is the, the, the visible, uh, known God. This is Jesus putting on the flesh who is the Alpha and the Omega. He's pulling people in. He's inviting people to pray. But he's not just saying, hey, go pray. He's giving an example of how to do so. Because he wants you to do it. If you ever try to get a kid to ride a bike, do you just hand the kid the bike and say, all right, good luck, buddy? Some of us went through that. Some of us, like, man, I really could have used somebody to show me how to pedal. But Jesus is doing this. He's he's inviting you, hey, this is how you need to pray. This is what it needs to look like. But he's inviting you in. And he's then giving you the guardrails. He's showing you how to correctly do this. I, I love the fact that Jesus is inviting us into something so privileged as to talk to God. That is prayer. So he says when you need to pray like this, it is your heart posture in that I get to go talk to God, creator of the universe, the alpha, the omega, the loving. So let's kind of jump in. If our heart is postured here when we pray like this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and we'll read it in its entirety. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're just going to stop there. We're going to look at the, again, the adoration aspects of looking at God. Where We're looking at who is it that we are praying to. Next week, we're hitting the requests. But within this, there's a lot of things that like, we could talk about for hours. No, we're not going to be here for hours. But you see, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, if you're like, but I want to know more about those things. Kind of one of those free tips. There's nine locations at the River Church. There are nine men who are faithfully preaching the gospel. If you want to get the River Church app or go to the River Church website, I guarantee there will be somebody who's going to speak to this more proficient and more profound than me. It'll be an encouragement for you. You got nine sermons to listen to each week. But I know we're not going to be able to get to the complete totality of this. But our goal today, remember, isn't to know everything about the Bible. Our goal today is to leave knowing God better. So for us, if prayer, since prayer, shows us a lot about what we believe in God, we have to take this first thing and we've got to break it down. Our Father. It's the first thing that Jesus starts with. He says, our Father. Now this is kind of one of those big ones. Because, not trying to poke a bear here, but father is father. We're not saying heavenly parent. We're not trying to change this to anything else. Father is father. It feels weird to have to speak into this, but to look at a culture that likes to change terminology. And again, if you, I don't agree with you, I'm offending, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But Jesus' words are Jesus' words. There, there are things that I, I'm willing to like, okay, let's have a conversation with. We can be graceful about. We can, we can still be civil about. But like when it, when it comes to changing the Bible, I, I can't change the Bible. Again, there, there's things in the Bible I read and I'm like, I, I don't love that. But, but I don't throw the Bible away. But in this instance, when we look at our Father... This is masculine. This is loving. Like Again, I, I, I would look at every single dude who calls himself a father in this room, and we will have that, like, literally come to Jesus conversation about the importance of you being a father. Because fathers are important. Why? Because our heavenly father is important. But we have to land here. 
But our Father, this is a communal. It's our. This is not my. There's no possession here. So your Father is my Father. And we're looking at God. This isn't just mine. This isn't possession. This is, this is so anti what, again, the American church stands for when we start looking at like, again, it's our. This is all encompassing. This is a loving aspect of everybody. A communal understanding that we approach God as Father. We have to understand this when it comes to prayer because the amazingness that Jesus is teaching here, because in Jesus' time, the focus on God, the relationship God was so based on his sovereignty and his above every type of comprehension and his holiness, and those are important things. To know that God is sovereign in control of every aspect, there's not a rogue molecule anywhere in the universe. Oh, I love that. To be able to talk about the way that the asteroids swirl around the universe, to be able to talk about how, how the world is and how plants grow, to the biggest stars in the sky, to the smallest seeds in the ground, God is in absolute control. I love that. To talk about his holiness, and we'll get to this, he's so set apart, he's so pure, he's so beautiful, he's so mighty. I love that. But the thing that Jesus brings it to is do not forget that our God is Father. Yes, his sovereignty is important. Yes, him being above all those things. But Jesus brings everybody back to the truth that God is our Father. Our God, our Father is personable. Even when Jesus hits it, this, this is that Abba moment. So a couple, I think it was last Monday, again, preparing for a sermon, dear Jesus, please show me what I should preach Give me the words to say, illustrations that they work. Uh, Zeke got up in the middle of the night and was having like a weird like out-of-body nightmare sleepwalking moment. And if you've ever had a kid do that, like it's strange because they don't talk. Are you okay? Uh, you need to go back to your bed. Uh, like are you all right? But Zeke comes into our bed, runs into our room. Kathy starts talking to him. And I'm like, I'm trying to act like I'm sleeping because I don't want to get up. Uh, don't let the women know we do that, dudes. But anyway, um, for us... I'm laying there, and I'm like, I'm trying to, I just want to sleep. And it, Kathy does really good. She's very loving. I'm like, get back in your bed. I'm like, I, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed. But all of a sudden, Zeke just says one word. He's like, da-da. Couldn't say a word else. Kathy, are you okay? Did you have an accident? Did you have a nightmare? Like, what's going on? The only thing he says is da-da. And instantly threw my blankets off, got up, and I'm like, let's go, buddy. And walk him back to his bed, put him in, and give him a kiss on the cheek, and see you later. But in that moment, like that, that, that's Abba. That, that, that's Father. That loving, nurturing, like again, and the dad's in the room, you, you know exactly what that feels like. Uh, women in the room, I, I, I pray that your husbands have been able to exemplify that in their parenting. That, that's Abba. But prayer shows a lot about what we believe in God. And sadly, for some people here, knowing God as Father who listens and loves and communicates and comes down to his children is world-altering. That, that, that's a stab for some people. That's a scar for some people. So when you say, our Father who art in heaven, and you say, our Father, that can be heavy for you. And I don't know what emotions I just elicited in your heart. 
I don't know the scars, I don't know the past or what it is, but I do know that Jesus Christ makes all things new. He makes, again, the old pass away. If you're here and you're like, that, that's a scar for me, take it to the cross. But for us, again, since prayer shows us a lot about what we believe in God, do we pray our Father, our Abba, that loving guy that when we get up in the middle of the night and we wander in the room and we're sleepwalking and the only thing you can mutter is say, da-da. Is that how you pray? Is that, is, is that the, the, the tone that you're setting? The first thing he says, our Father. Does your prayer life start with a relational, loving desire with God as Father? But there's a second thing that's, again, prayer shows a lot about what we believe in God. Here's the gospel moment, though, with God as our Father. So while, yes, all of humanity can say that God created them and well, God's our Father, there's a very important gospel moment because Father also has a gospel tone to it. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, side, verse 1, verse 5, there we go, it says, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to his will and his purpose. Jesus is the one true Son of God. He is the only begotten son. And because of Jesus, we're adopted. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 starts and says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is that gospel moment. This is that moment that we, we need to know. Do we truly believe Jesus as Lord? Do we believe truly as Jesus as Savior? Because our Father can only truly be understood if we understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. We all can say God is creator. We all can say God is Father. And there, there, there's that lack there of relational depth there. But for us, the, this gospel moment, the Son reveals the Father. And if we don't truly understand what the Son has done for us, like Galatians says and Ephesians says, we're going to miss out on that depth of understanding God as Father. So for me, when I first looked at this, you cannot just bypass Jesus. And so often sometimes in our prayer, because since prayer shows a lot about what we believe in God, we don't actually want to go to the cross. We don't actually want to go to the fact that Jesus loves us so much that he shed his blood to bring our rebellious wretchedness back. But when we look at God as loving and God as Father, we have to go through the cross. That's how we truly have adoption. That's how we truly have redemption. And because of Jesus, that's how we truly have a relationship with God. And I don't know where your heart's at. So if you just want to pray to God as Father, but you don't actually want to confess your sins or confess your needs to Jesus, like, your prayer life is going to struggle. You're always going to miss. It's always going to feel lacking. But because God, rich in his mercy, sent his son to die in our place, we have to hold on to that. So if we want that warm relational aspect of God, we want that heavenly Father aspect in our prayer life, we, we want that. We have to know what he did for us. It's like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God sent his son to die. So if we truly want to understand the father, we have to know the son. 
Second thing, again, if we look at this as we keep going, so prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God. Do you believe that God is our Father? Do you believe that he's listening? Do you believe that he's loving? Do you believe that he's merciful? But then to go to the next one, so that our Father, who in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So as much as we know as God is merciful, listening, loving, Father, Abba, do we believe our Father to be in heaven and his name to be hallowed? So when you pray to God, do you believe that he's holy? Do you believe that he's set apart? Do you believe that he's king? And for me, we cannot throw away the Abba, we cannot throw away the, the relational aspect. But in the same right, we can't just be so focused on hallowed be thy name. That's, that's what people were doing in Jesus' time. Jesus, uh, God was so transcendent. God was so above all these things. God is sovereign. Those are phenomenal things to know. But I think there's like a, a, a line where people are. Some people just love the our God, our God, our God, grace, grace, grace. And my God loves me and he knows the hair on my head and he knows the, the stars in the sky. And we live in Father. But sometimes we forsake the fact that our God is holy. Our God is hallowed. And my, my conviction this week has been this. So every time when we go to eat uh, dinner, we always offer to the kids, who wants to pray? And then everybody raises their hand. It's really cute. Jed even does. And I'm like, you don't know what's going on. But sure, we'll let you pray, man. But we let all the kids, who wants to pray? And while we were praying this week, I, I can't remember who was praying. But while one of the kids was praying... There's speed prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for the day. Thank you for our blessings. Thank you for Awana. Please. And I was like, slow down. Because if we truly believe God to be hallowed be thy name, we're going to slow down when we approach him. God is holy. God is king. We're not just like kicking down the door being like, hey, God, what's going on, dude? Like there, there, there's a slowness to prayer. If we truly believe God to be holy and king, there needs to be a slowness of the approach. Now, can we approach God like a, a loving father? Yeah, dude, jump in his arms. That's great. But in the same right, we've we got to pair this well. But then it was funny to me also, like, again, while well, well, one of them was speeding through prayer, the other one, I just hear him mixing his bowl of soup. And, and I'm like, Phew. I don't know if you've ever been here as a parent where you're like, we're going to worship Jesus right now and properly. And then you're like, oh, there goes my testimony for the moment. Like, you, you, you have to keep that loving response and show Jesus in all things. But again, I got, I got one kid turning around and speed praying. I got one kid not really paying attention. He's mixing his soup so he can dive in. And I'm like, that's me. I would love to blow up on my eight-year-old. I would love to blow up on my six-year-old. But I'm like, that's me. And I, 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 I've, been, I've been stuck here because I, I've been sitting in this because prayer shows exactly, it shows a lot about what we believe about God. And my conviction this week is I think too little of God. He's my personal puppet. He's my, hey, Siri, and I pray to God my watch doesn't go off. Just make sure that doesn't happen. But that's what we think about God. He's just waiting for us. Now, is he? Yes, because he's a loving father. He's there for us. But, the, but, but we got to pair this correctly. Because if we believe God is sitting around in the same way that, again, that was serious, a hallowed, holy, set apart above all things. I'm blessed that I know God and I know him by name. But in my haste, my lack of focus, my conversations with God believe that he's waiting on me. He's not king. The posture of my heart doesn't match what the posture of my heart ought to be. 
Because if I truly say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, there should be a slowness in approach. Not in a running approach like a child, but a slowness of understanding when I'm approaching. So these first two points, though, like, just make sure, like, this is like Oreo and milk, man. Like, you've got you to combo these things perfectly. You've you got to know what they are, because our Father who is in heaven, he loves, he wants you to jump in his arms. He wants to know you. He wants to talk to you. He wants all of those things. But in the same way, we, we can't just throw the next part out, hallowed be thy name, away, and we, we get rid of that, like, that, that reverence. You've you got to have both. You gotta understand who you're about to walk with. So again, a loving relationship with with reverent respect. That's what we need to have. A perfect parental relationship. Like we need to have that when it comes to God. And I don't know how you talk to your mother or your father more in particular, but the way we pray shows what we believe about God. And I don't know how you were brought up, but I know there's certain ways that I know I could not talk to my father. In the same way, there are certain ways that I could not talk to my father out of fear. So welcome to that very, very tough dichotomy. Because if it's just fear, we we respect our Lord. We love our Father. So to continue this, since prayer shows a lot about what we believe about God, the next words Jesus says is your kingdom and your will. So when we pray to God, What do we believe about God's authority and his sovereign nature? His way alone is the way. Our prayers aren't for our way. It's to have a better understanding, to submit to his leadership and to his will. So when I was looking at this idea, again, do we truly pray when we pray? Does our heart posture towards your will be done, your kingdom come? I was reading one of my uh, author I really, really like, and he kind of asked the question, like, when did we make prayer so much about ourselves? And a couple examples he brought up, he says, uh, God, give me wisdom at work so I can make more money and acquire more power. I don't know if you've ever been there, but some of the, oh, it'd be great for that financial assistant. So I need a new jet ski. It's like, to the glory of the Lord. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know if that's there, but in the same right, if it makes you happy, sure. But if we pray and it's so much about us, God, alleviate my financial woes so I may have more money to spend on the pleasures and possessions that will make me happy. That, that, that's my kingdom come, my will be done. This one I laughed about because I was like, yep, that's me. Uh, Dear God, help my children be more respectful so that my evenings will be more peaceful so that I can get things done that I want to get done around the house. And I'm like, how did he know it was me? (laughs) Like I was like, he knows my prayers. But then, again, the last one, God, work in the heart of my spouse so I can finally experience the marriage of my dreams. We've never prayed any of these prayers or anything like that, right? We're, we've arrived here at the River Church Bird. We are definitely on the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We don't struggle with that. No, we all struggle with this. But I started looking at this, again, the, the misunderstanding in, in our hearts, the sin on our hearts makes prayer turn into something where like, we weirdly focus it on us. Now, should you pray, hey, God, I'm struggling in my marriage? Yes. Hey, God, I'm struggling with my kids. Yes, I'm struggling with health. Yes, I'm struggling with finances. Yes. Should you take those of the Father? Yes. But when you pray, 
is the, hey, God, I'm going to bring this to you, but the way you need to fix it is my way. Fix my marriage my way. Change my spouse for me. Another, nowhere would we ever turn around and say maybe we're the ones who need to change. Or maybe we've got to look at ourselves and be like, why am I not getting that raise at work? Maybe it's my attitude or it's maybe my lack of work ethic. Everything that sometimes when we pray, we, we look to God for requests and petition, and we'll hit that next week. But we have to understand, it, it's not about us. If our prayer life is focused on our kingdom and our will, how can we rightly say that we are praying to our Father for his kingdom and his will? We can't. We can't. We have to make sure, like, Lord, I, I, I'm here, and I need you. But I know that you know best. I know that your will is more important than my will. Your kingdom arriving is more important than me getting my jet ski. But sometimes when we pray, we get so focused on, hey, Lord, I love you, do all these things for me. We're going to hit requests next week. But I kind of sat here and I, I pondered this and I, I thought this, but like, I hear people say like, prayer doesn't work. Prayer does work. Because this, this aspect of, again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what, what prayer does is it puts us in a spot where we know God as Father and we know that he sent his Son. We, we know that he's holy. We know that he's reverent. We know that he's powerful. But we pray to God, God, get the sin logjam that is in my heart that is making it so I'm incapable of seeing what you're doing around me. So often we miss what God is doing around us, and if it doesn't benefit us, we're like, well, that's not the will of God. Because the will of God for Jesus was to die on a cross. That's a tough one. That benefited him. Well, yeah, again, he gets to sit on the, again, we praise him all forever. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But we can't just go with this mentality that just because it doesn't help us, it's not part of God's plan. Sometimes God's plan doesn't necessarily put more money in your bank account or make you more healthier or make your kids more obedient. But I've seen this over and over and over again. God's plan always works out for the good of us. So how you talk to somebody reflects what you believe about them. So when you pray to God, is your relationship with God at a proper place of recognizing God is divine, God is holy, God is set apart, God is powerful, God is sovereign, worthy of all praise, worthy of all submission, coupled with the fact that he is a loving father who is more than just a gift giver. He is a loving father who desires a relationship with you. Coupled with the fact that, again, he knows everything. He's the alpha, he's the omega. But you couple with the fact that his plan is perfect. His will is perfect. And it's up to us to pray to God to get that sin and that, that, that pride out of our hearts so we can submit under his kingship, and to give us peace that his will is actually best for us. This is where we start with prayer. This is the first posture that we got to go to. Is that how we pray to God? So God is more. God is more than just a gift giver. Knowing God is the major goal of prayer. I need to know you better. Well, I don't understand while I'm going through this. Instead of just being like, you don't understand, I'm leaving. No, help, help my heart know that. Help me know that you're Father. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For us today, how you talk to somebody reflects what you believe about them. What do you believe about God? And I pray it wasn't, man, the pastor just dropped a grenade there. That was really, really good. I I pray that, again, the Holy Spirit talked to your heart. I pray that God moves something where you're looking at this like, man, how I'm talking about God. Like, man, I I don't really believe that all the time. Because I say I believe it, but again, I'm not not really showing that. But prayer shows a lot about what we believe. So for us today, I think we got to start. We got to know that God is here. That's the most important thing for us to know. Do you believe that God is here? Do you believe that God is listening to you? Do you believe that God literally, because he sent his son to die on a cross, we have access that our rebellion no longer supersedes a relationship with him? I think so often when we go into prayer, again, like we, those loophole prayers we talked about a couple weeks ago, like we go in not believing. We, we go in being like, he's not going to talk to me. He's not going to show up. He's just going to forget about me. I didn't say the right word, so he didn't listen. I didn't use King James English when I talked to God, so he's not going to listen. That's not God. But for us, so often when we look at prayer, again, prayer shows a lot about what we believe. Do you believe that God is here and God is here for you? Now, he's here for his glory, but he is here as Father. He already knows he's going to get his glory. He already knows how it's going to work out. Again, you need a Bible, I'll show you the end of the story. It works out pretty well for everybody who believes in Jesus. But I'm pushing you. I want to push you into an uncomfortable, define the relationship moment with Jesus. Do you believe that God is here? And if you believe that God is here, and you believe because his son died on a cross for your sins, for my sins, to, to bring us back to a place of adoption, push into praying for him. Praying to him. Push into a place where it's like, I I, I believe you to be father. Maybe that's where you got to start. He's here. He's father. He wants to talk to you. He wants to have a conversation with you. And it's really, really awkward to talk to dad sometimes. But dads love to talk. Maybe you're here and again, it's it's hallowed be thy name. You're actually not approaching God with that reverence and that holiness and that that, that set apartness. And man, like I'm actually kind of disrespecting you right now. He's still father and he wants to talk about that. And he's quick to forgive because he's already shown us how he did it on the cross. But maybe you're here and you're stuck on, man, it's all about my will. It's all about my kingdom. But for us to know that God is here and God is going to work with you, work through you, it starts with us. How well do we know 